Welcome back to All About America's Team, brought to you by Delahanty Media. This is episode 33, the Larry Bird episode, fitting that his Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals. I am one of your hosts, Ray Nickens, joined with, as always, by... Owen DeChico. And today we have a quite interesting show for every for all of y'all today. We have some draft talk. We're going to finally break down our opinions on the second round and up. We're also going to talk about the release schedule and give a, give our insight and takes on what games the Cowboys will unfortunately end up losing. And also we'll go into a dive of mini camp and any other news and speculation that we might have this early on in the offseason. So let's get right into it. Owen, you can go first and take us away. All right. So I, out of the Dallas Cowboys 17-game schedule, have them losing to the Bucks, the Bengals, so starting off 0-2, the Rams, and then the Titans and the Commanders. So they're going to start off 0-2, and, and they're going to end this season 0-2. So I, overall, I have them going 12-5. and What about you, Ray? Very, very understandable, a couple of those or most of those losses are very understandable. Um, I'm going to take I, – I had the Cowboys at dropping the first two games as well to the Bucks and the Bengals. I also have them dropping to the Rams, as you said. They're going to drop the, to the Packers. That's an outlier that you did not mention. The Colts also um, following, following up with the Titans and um, – also, the Colts, I believe you had them losing to. Yeah, I said the Colts. Um, yeah, it'll come to me. Bucks, Rams, Bengals, Colts, Packers, Titans. There's one more. The Eagles right after the Rams game. So you have them going 10 and 7. Yes, I yes, have them going yes. 12 yeah. and 5. So I, I, I have the Cowboys losses, Bucks, Bengals. Um, Rams, Eagles, Packers, Colts, Titans, and have them finishing the season off with a W against Washington. For a 10 and 7 record. Very respectable. It would be. Hopefully, they can. Um, my, my, my biggest, I guess, positive with the schedule is that they start off with all the difficult games and they end the season with the pretty easy ones. So Ray and I talked about this as soon as the schedule was released off um, air. But even if Dallas does, for whatever reason, start off the season in the first half of the games in the negative, they have more losses than wins. They, they still have half the year against teams that they should win. They should beat, sorry. Now, Dallas is always good for one or two questionable losses every year. So who knows in that regard what will happen. But um, with everything else, with everything else going on around the division, um, getting this type of schedule is very promising because I do think that the uh, the three other teams did get better. I still think the Giants are going to be a fourth place in the division. I don't think that Carson wins unless he takes a 2017 type, step and I think that any any 
hope of that happening was ended after he stunk it up against the uh, sunk it up against the Jaguars and just did not have a great season with the Colts. So as of right now, um, I'm kind of stuck in between having Dallas or the Eagles win um, based off of just pure quarterback talent. I think that the Cowboys are, have the, they're definitely ahead quarterback wise, but the Eagles did get AJ Brown, who is not, one of the top wide receivers in the league, but we haven't seen him play all that much because he's been injured. But I don't think that if we're going to go back based off of last year where Dallas by halftime was up several possessions to the Eagles, I don't think that if you add A.J. Brown, suddenly those outcomes are flip-flopped or even made made better. So if Dallas can play them like they played them last year, I do not foresee – AJ Brown being like this next great wide receiver for them because at the end of the day, their quarterback is still Jalen Hurts. And every single time that Dallas Cowboys do play the Jalen Hurts equals, he ends up throwing a um, interception to dig. So hopefully he can get that out of the system. Um, but another thing that, that worries me about the Eagles, they, they did draft Jordan Davis. Granted, a lot of people have questions about how many downs he can play. Is he like a third? Is he a three down? Is he only going to be on, on obvious running plays? But then again, when he played for Georgia, he didn't need to be out there every single down because half the time they were blowing out the team very early. So hopefully hopefully he will play and hopefully he'll be the, like their next Fletcher Cox. It would be great to actually have some competition going into the division and Dallas well, the NFC East getting some respect on not being like this cupcake of a division, but that that's my um, that's my takes on the, the East. As we get more into training camp and other things in preseason and all that, things may change. But I, the team that I do think is headed in the best direction future-wise is probably the Giants, just based off of the top two play. If you would have told the Giants in the beginning of the um, like right after, like right after the Super Bowl, that you're going to be at picks five and seven, you're going to get Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. I think they would have laughed at you. Um, for much of the season, much of the off season, they were the they were number one, number two ranked, and it was insane that they fell to five and seven. But I don't think the Giants had well. Their second round pick was kind of questionable, but if they can, if they can. Um, expand off of what they did in round one into next draft, maybe drafting a quarterback, then they could for sure be up there. But the commander is still pretty laughable with their quarterback and having to cut other players because of how much Carson Wentz contract was. But that, that that's all that I had for, um, for division talk. So Ray, if you have any comments on what I said, or any of your own personal comments on Dallas and the NFC East, now is your time to share them. Yeah, um, I think the Cowboys are for sure the front runner, as they typically are, to win the NFC East next year. Um, I also agree with you in the sense that the Giants should not be a huge favorite to do really much of anything this year. I I mean, they, they did draft well, as you said, bringing in Thibodeau for the defense and then Evan Neal for the offense at offense. And really, hopefully, they can um, strike gold with that pick because 
the, the Giants have really neglected their offensive line since they last won the Super Bowl in 2011. And it's unfortunately, it's, it, it um, prematurely ended Eli Manning's career, and it has prematurely ruined Daniel Jones's career. So we really have not really been able to see if Daniel Jones can even grow into a franchise-caliber quarterback because he's either injured or running for his life. Not saying that's that that's true. an excuse for his – I don't think he's a very good quarterback anyway, but I'm just saying that has a little bit of it to do with his um, stunted growth and also the Giants really being considered as a team that could have gotten a quarterback in this draft. And sure, and surely they are looking at next draft at quarterbacks if Daniel Jones doesn't perform to the caliber that they expect or want him to. Um, in regards to the Eagles, the Eagles are dangerous considering that their schedule is basically the exact same as the Cowboys in regards to strength and um, toughness. Um, I think that there are a lot of winnable games for the Eagles on that schedule to where this the division could be a little bit – could come down to those matchups between the Eagles and the Cowboys. So if the Cowboys – um, if the if the gap between the Cowboys and the Eagles has has shrunk over the offseason um, from the uh, 20 point blowout in the first game to the 30 point blowout, it seemed in the in the second game when really the Eagles weren't playing anyone. So I don't really take much substance in that, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the Cowboys did blow out the Eagles that first time. Um, I think if AJ Brown, I think, is going to be a huge upgrade for the Eagles, um, bringing them in with Devontae Smith. The Eagles have really had a pretty um, horrible wide receiver draft the last five years, bringing in Whiteside and then Rager, which is turning out to be a bust. Devontae Smith is really the only um, decent draft that they've had, and he was a Heisman winner. Bringing in A.J. Brown to really take that pressure off him hopefully will do them good. However, with an inaccurate quarterback, um, you really don't know. So, I think the Eagles are the the runner up in this division. I could see them making the playoffs as well, but I don't really deem them as much of a threat. As for the Washington um, Commanders, I really think it's interesting because Carson Wentz, when he played with the Colts, he really did not have a horrible year. If you look at numbers by themselves, he matched his his interception total of 2017, 2018, and 2019 at seven and threw the same amount of touchdowns um, in 2019 and more touchdowns than he did in 2018. The difference is in what we what we um, are have been talking about with Carson Wentz is the inconsistency and his inability to perform in those um, big time moments. And with the cheat and with the Colts, he really um, imploded in that last game against Jacksonville. And it's really going to be interesting to see as if he um, just what he'll do in Washington because Washington. While they do have a solid running game with um, Antonio Gibson, it's not Jonathan Taylor. Their defense is not anywhere near the caliber of the Colts. But they, but like we've been talking about, they do play in the NFC East. So the Washington, they're if it's not the Cowboys, they're definitely going to beat the Giants twice and maybe split with the Eagles. So that's that's three wins right there. And the and the and Washington doesn't and they, there's plenty of games for Washington to win. So it's really that I could see the NFC East having a better record than years before, but I really think the Cowboys are the front runner um, to win this division. And it should not be difficult for them to do unless like Owen mentioned, they drop a couple games that they shouldn't have as well as this, the, 
um, winning or losing the five out of the seven that I had, or even losing all of the games that Owen had and where they do end up getting to finishing out at 10 and seven, getting a wild card spot on the road um, instead of getting a home playoff game or even um, getting a first round by depending on how their, this season turns out. Yeah. Two things. If Dallas wins 10 games and does not win the division, then I will be shocked. I will I will take back every word that I've said. But also, looking at Philadelphia's schedule, their schedule is way easier than the Cowboys are. They open up at Detroit, which is pretty easy. It should be at least. But the most difficult games on their schedule are is facing the Cardinals while Hopkins is on the suspended suspension list. And then besides that, they don't play a tough game until Week 12 against the Packers. So I, I could definitely foresee Philadelphia having a much better record than Dallas to start the year, just based off the type of talent that they play. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't and that's why I think it's I important. Schedule. That's why I think it's important for the Cowboys to win the games that they should win and win at least one or two of the games that they shouldn't. Because if they it's, drop, it's not- if they, they can't afford to lose too many games, or they're going to end up losing or um, not winning the division. Especially with the Jets um, playing the, like you said, opening up with four very very winnable games, they could be potentially four and zero, um, or five and one after a couple weeks, and then you get the Steelers with Mitchell Trubisky, you get the Texans, the Commanders again, the Colts, um, which I think they'll drop. Packers, I think they'll they. I mean, they could be eight and one, nine and one, and then go on a three game losing streak and still be nine and four. So yeah. it's really important for the Cowboys to not take any game for granted and make sure that they win the games that they should. Yeah, definitely. It'll be, it'll just, I I think that it's for Eagles fans, this season should be really good either way you look at it because either one hurts shows that he's a great, he's worthy of being a franchise quarterback and you keep him, or you stink and you trade your, your two first round picks or maybe not even trade your first round pick if they're that bad and then trade the Saints pick and bundle a bunch to go get uh, the OSU quarterback or the Alabama quarterback. And then you go into next year with being the favorites in the NFC East. So I, either way, both, I'm sure they'd rather they'd rather draft a top quarterback next year, but I, either scenario is pretty good for them. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, either way, the Cowboys are in a great opportunity to, to put themselves in a very positive position to make a playoff run with the teams that they are facing um, this year especially. Whereas in the years past, the Cowboys have opened up with fairly um, easy easy games, getting to a really hot start, winning a bunch of games, and then faltering down the stretch because they end up playing the, the Chiefs um, the Chiefs, the Raiders, who are both playoff teams, um, and the Cardinals, which is a playoff team, and then ultimately they back into into the postseason and ultimately lose in the first round. So I think having having getting these tough tests early is going to tell us a lot about what kind of team the Cowboys have, and then also even if they're not not the team that we expected early on. And, and drop four or five games early on and, and may have even a losing record going into the quarter. Um, the um, one quarter mark of the season, there's still a lot of games remaining for them to win 
and um, ultimately end up at that 10 and 7 or even 11 and 6 mark. Yeah. I, I think that all fans can hope for is out of this, the seven games that Ray talked about, um, that for the, he has them losing. As long as they don't get blown out, at least we get, if you get blown out of one night, but as long as they're all t- like tough games and, um, like if Dallas puts up the same effort they did against the Buccaneers for seven losses, then I'll be fine. Yeah, um, if they're all if they're all tight games that because you have a kicker that can't kick, then sure, I'll be happy going into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, um, I would too. The I will say though, if if every game has a very similar flaw of the Dallas Cowboys, then it's going to be. Um, very interesting, especially if that flaw is maybe um, the Dallas Cowboys, they're in it all game, and they have a chance to get the win at the end of the game, and the offense stalls. Or the defense has a chance to close out the game, and they give up a, a field goal or a game-ending or a game ending touchdown. So it all depends on how the Cowboys are losing these football games. If they're, doing, if they're making the same mistake over and over again, then the questions start um, arising about the – the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, or the defensive coordinator, or really anybody other than Jerry Jones. Because Jerry Jones, while he does control everything, he really you can't really do anything about him because he's making the overall uh, decisions of the fan, of the franchise. You can only cry and complain at that point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think that's a good segue into talking about the day two and day three of the 2022 NFL draft, Ray and I went into um, the interesting pick of Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. And if any of you want to hear a more in-depth understanding of that, then check out episode 32. Um, but we'll, I think we'll kind of go into him during our, during our mini camp segment, but going into the, um, the later rounds, um, I, I think that Ray, who out of round two, who was your favorite pick? Um, out of the round two and three, yeah, so yeah, so so or yeah, just like rounds two through six, who was your favorite pick? Um, I really like the Arkansas pick, I thought that was a very solid pick. I'm getting a guy. Um, who's a very um, big, strong interior um, defender on the defensive line. I really like that because it reminded me um, of someone like getting like a Vince Wilfork or a, um, to clog up the middle, um, maybe not to that extent, but um, <laughs> just, or just, just, or um, uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but like um, Vudavea for the box. Yeah, yeah Vudavea, yeah. Just, He's really um, good too. Some somebody just kind of in the um just in the trenches who can clog up the run and allow the defensive defensive ends to go to um you know control the out contain the outsider go go get after the quarterback um because I really think the Cowboys they they've always tended to really um they tended to struggle in with interior um um in their interior often a defensive line with the run. So have um, hopefully that this pick will just kind of solidify that that run stopping scheme. Um, it bring back the Marcus Spears days, the Chris Cantley days. Oh yeah, Chris. Um, just mm-hmm. having having some solid, uh, dependable um, defensive defensive tackles or even nose guards on the on the team. Yeah, for sure. I think that Dallas's motive 
for this draft was to get stronger. There were several sources that said that the past two seasons that McCarthy has been in the draft room has been pounding on the table, Skip Bayless style, for tough players on both offense and defense. And I think the toughest player that you saw out of the mall draft was Tyler Smith. And I know that was a very controversial pick, but Dallas had a scheme going to the draft. And even last year, they had a scheme with all the with all the corners that they drafted. Exactly. Long, long arm corners, because that is exactly what Dan Quinn had in the Legion of Boom. And I think that's what he was trying to bring back. And who knows? Hopefully he, he is able to do that. I think my, my I guess a few of my favorite picks were um, the linebacker out of LSU. I found it. I, a report came out that he, that Clark said that during the, um, during the interviews that he had before the draft with Dallas, Dallas's medical staff is the one that told him that he had herniated disc, which is pretty cool that he was. And he even said that if they didn't, if they didn't tell me that, then I may have never had a career in the NFL so it was cool to, to see things come full circle. So And hopefully he'll only miss. And he even said that he had a very similar injury to Leighton Van Der Esch and that he expects to come back full, fully healthy either halfway through the season or even, even next year. There is, especially with, with, especially with, especially with Jabril Cox coming back this season, there is, no, there is no real reason to rush him back. You can, you can let him sit and watch. And for whatever reason, Leighton Van Esch is only on a one-year contract. So if he were to leave, then Clark is your replacement for him. Another one of my picks that I liked was uh, Jalen Tolbert out of S- South Alabama. He, a lot of people had a second-round grade on him, and I was surprised that he fell to the third and Dallas picked him. But given Dallas's need at wide receiver, and hopefully they do sign another wide receiver before training camp starts, but he will likely be your wide receiver number two until Michael Gallup comes back. So those, those out of every note, those are my two favorite picks. And also Sam Williams is a great pick for me, me personally. I liked him a lot, but out of my two, out of my favorites, it was uh, Clark and Tolbert. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think, I think the Clark pick, I think that um, it, it reminds me a lot of, just a, it, what it's what it was to me, and I'm not denying that Clark was a great player because I've I watched him multiple times play for LSU and um, the the impact that he on the field. Um, it was just it was curious to me. Um, the Cowboys they've done this the last couple of years where they've drafted a player for a long term need and not necessarily a short term need, and um, I think I think in that regard. It's not he's not going to really impact or help them win now, but he he may have the opportunity to to help them win later. And with and I think it's very important, especially right now with the NFL getting the NFC, especially well not necessarily the NFC, but the um, the competition just getting so much t- more tough, um, so much tougher with the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Broncos now with um, the Chargers. Just the AFC is really getting loaded, loaded up. The Rams still there. The Bucks with Brady coming back. Aaron Rodgers still being there. Um, there's just there's so much. There are so many obstacles for the Cowboys to get through in order to win a title in the next two, three seasons. And I really think that with it, um, this window that they have is is closing quick is closing pretty quickly, um, especially with um, Zeke getting up there in age, offensive line getting up in age. 
defense. Um, defense is hopefully the defense is is the only consistent um, aspect here. But I think I um, he's he's not the worst pick in the world. Um, I've I've kind of come around on the pick more than the others because um, I think there is just so much um, um, potential for him as a player. But I just I'd rather the Cowboys pick for short term than long term. I I understand that, but my my one thing is that he was he was there in the sixth round, and if he's available, then then and you take him because in years past, Dallas's sixth round picks don't even make the roster, so it's either he's never he's never gonna pan out or yeah, he turns out to be this great guy. Ben Denucci, yeah, but even before Clark, his injuries came out, he had a second round grade on him, and he was one of the top linebackers coming out of the draft. But I was surprised that Dallas usually so Dallas in their first round usually takes for need and in their second round they usually take players that have some interesting backgrounds like Randy Gregory, uh, um, Jalen Smith with his injury, Demarcus Lawrence did it last year or this draft right they did take a same controversial second round yeah Kelvin Kelvin Joseph yeah I don't think that that um that Demarcus Lawrence has had anything bad, but he, I don't think, I don't remember everything going on with his draft profile, but usually their second round picks have, aren't, have some drawbacks to them. And I was surprised that they did not, that, that they, they tried to stay away from that in later drafts and with what they did with, with Williams, but thankfully everything that happened in his case was dismissed. So hopefully that was like a big wake-up call to him, and hopefully it was a big wake-up call to Kelvin Joseph as well. Yeah, um, I don't really see – in regards to Kelvin Joseph, I don't really see a scenario unless I – I think Kelvin Joseph's career is going to be cut short um, cut short eventually. Um, I, don't, I think he's going to most likely miss some time this year. Um, but I mean, who knows with it being Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, he could play a full season. But um, I really, I think that Kelvin Joseph is more likely to have a shorter career than Sam Williams and even um, Tyler Smith at this point. Um, so I don't really see much of a long-term future with Kelvin Joseph with the Cowboys. However, I think um, I want to kind of talk about Sam Williams. Um, just want to mention two quick points in regards to him um, doing a little bit of, of short, quick research. Um, Sam Williams, like you said, he did bring in the 12 and a half sacks total, which led the NCAA. Um, I went back and looked at the, at his um, schedule from that year. And I looked at the teams that he faced and against the ranked teams, of A&M, Bama, Arkansas, and Auburn at the time when they were ranked, he recorded two sacks against Auburn, zero against Arkansas, one against Alabama, and then zero against A&M. So that's just like a small sample size, and it really doesn't tell you much, I, I admit. But it just kind of gives you that sense where he was he recorded 80%, 70% of his sacks against the, uh, the unranked opposition like Liberty, um, Mississippi State, Louisville, Appalachian State, Tulane. And then he got up against in the primetime matchups, even against Baylor, who was ranked number six when they played. He had zero sacks in that game. 
So it's just a maybe it's a small nitpick red flag um, that could easily um, change in the NFL when he gets four sacks against Tom Brady the first week. But um, it's just a thing to consider now with him being the second pick when they could have gotten um, and uh, gone in a different direction um, at safety or even on defensive defensive line uh, somewhere else. So my my one point to or, or to my rebuttal to that statement he um sam williams was doing a was doing a after he was drafted he was doing a press conference with um dallas media and he said that one of the i believe that it was the blogging the boys yeah that was the uh the news site that he did it with and one of the um reporters that was talking to him was saying that how williams always lines up when they, Ole Miss basically didn't put him in the right position. They He never was like a predominant edge rusher. They usually put him on the inside to go up against guards and centers. And when they asked how was he looking forward to being a predominant defensive end, like his face lit up and he was like, it's, it's difficult going up against centers and guards who are probably half or like, probably twice his twice his weight maybe a little lower than that so i do think that it was a lot easier for him to, to get on the inside at least high sack numbers against teams like liberty instead of having to go up against Kenyon green when Kenyon green is way bigger than he is but when but when he slid over against one of the tackles it was a lot easier for him to do that but so i definitely understand where you're coming from but i guess that's like my rebuttal. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully with your rebuttal, um, with your rebuttal comes uh, 17, 18, 22 sack totals with him playing <laughs> on, on the edge. And then, and it, cause if he does that, I will be very inclined to write a five to 10 page apology letter <laughs> to Sam Williams and Jerry Jones. Um, but and Dan, I, Quinn. and Dan Quinn, just not Mike McCarthy. Um, what a but, but yeah, yeah, me, me and Mike McCarthy, we just, we, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the wide receiver pick out of South Alabama has potential to be a, to be a steal. Um, I I think it's we're just gonna have to see some quick production immediately, especially with the Cowboys position um, at offense at the wide receiver position with them losing Amari Cooper, uh, CD Lamb being now the, the the face of the team. Um, or the face of the wide receiving core, Michael Gallup being injured, and then then bringing in, um, I believe the name is James Washington from from yeah. Pittsburgh. So he'll mm-hmm. so he'll probably he'll probably see some time. Um, I think Tolbert. It's going to be important for him to um, to kind of gain that chemistry quickly. Um, hopefully, him and Dak are out out on the field right now doing routes and, and playing catch. I mean, hopefully, all of them are doing that. <laughs> Lamb needs to learn how to catch the ball, um, but I just I want to see. I think the main the things that I'm looking for for next season is improvement. Um, it's just basically improvement. I don't expect the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. I don't expect them to make the NFC Championship game. But I just want to see improvement from the quarterback. I want to see improvement from the offensive line. I want to see improvement at, from the wide receivers. Um, defense, it's going to be pretty hard for them to improve after last year, but I want to see <laughs> basically consistency from them. So I think this year is a great year for improvement, and then you can kind of re come back to the 
to the conference table and just figure out exactly how do we, what do we need to do to make that next step? And, um, yeah. and Owen and I both know that that next step is going to be free agency. And then the Cowboys are just going to go back into their cocoon and just not do anything in the free agency. The only thing that I see player regressing is the only thing that I see regressing is Trayvon Diggs interception numbers. I think he'll be like an, a five to eight uh, interception guy. I don't foresee him getting 11 or 12 again. Um, but hopefully with Diggs, like you said, improvement with his yards. Um, his yard numbers were inflated a lot by just Pro Football Focus not being the greatest website for yards and just plays like against the Patriots where the where Demonte Casey just had no idea where he was going and Diggs was expecting to have safety help because Diggs could have intercepted that ball, but that was like 10 episodes ago. Um, I think Owen could have made a better safety play <laughs> than, than KZ. And granted, I'm 5'9", like 140 pounds in a pool. So, But all you have to do is just put your hand up like that. and just. This is that. true. This is true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just a few notes on minicamp from what I've heard. Dallas doesn't like to videotape any of that. So hopefully in the future – or they don't allow videotapes. I'm not, I don't believe – but Tyler Smith is your left guard. Clark is not participating in any football activities, but he looks good. Zeke, for whatever it's worth, ran 22 miles per hour. That's pretty slow. Run. It is pretty slow. I, I can probably run like 25, maybe 30 on a good day. Um, Ferguson, he just – I think people are basically – Dallas, a lot of fans were very low on all the picks, but slowly but surely – they're liking them a lot more. I also heard that Tyler Smith and John Ridgeway, the defensive tackle out of Arkansas, did have a one-on-one, and Tyler Smith did, as they say, dominated him. I just think that Tyler Smith is so much bigger than everyone else. So hopefully, hopefully. I just want to see him dominate TJ Watt. <laughs> I, I do foresee Tyler Smith spending at least three or four games at left tackle. So hopefully this offseason is good for him and getting because he a lot of his penalty numbers were just based off holding people for too long and just technique not being all that great. But hopefully staying at left guard going up against a lefty, one of the better left tackles in the league, um, just being with him and then learning from him. And then whenever Tyron Smith is due for a game off, he'll be able to go out there left tackle and just be be better. Um, and I think that if, if Tyler Smith plays well, then the overall draft class will look better. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, um, that specific point. It, the draft class is going to be looked on upon as um, based on how Tyler Smith performs these first year or two years. I think um, it, it doesn't really matter if Tolbert um, turns out to be a solid wide receiver too, or a slot guy, or Sam Williams is a, um, 10 years start, um, solid starter. And people are going to look at the this draft and be like, Cowboys could have taken um, Jermaine Johnson or um, pretty much anybody, but they went with Tyler Smith. <laughs> and Jermaine Johnson is now a Hall of Famer and um, has three Super Bowls and 10 All Pros. And I'm, I'm totally um, speculating right now. I <laughs> do not think that any of those things will happen because he plays for the Jets. Sorry, Jets fans. <laughs> um but yeah i 
I don't really um, – I'm not a huge um, – I don't take a lot of substance out of minicamp, especially um, since it's minicamp. I do no like pads. that the Cowboys are pretty secretive with their – with you know, the no videoing. Um, keeps it – keeps the um, – keeps it confidential, keeps the credibility high. It's not as much of a circus as we think it is with it being run by Jerry Jones. Um, but I mean, all the cameras, they'll be there soon enough when, when, um, training camp starts. When I guess training camp starts. Yeah. Or Oxnard, not Oxford, Oxnard. Yeah. That's yeah. Just to kind of wrap up, I thought it was interesting that Jerry Jones was at, was at it once again in the headlines of saying, I could sell the Dallas Cowboys for ten oh, yeah. million dollars, but I'm not going to sell the team for ever. So, just it gave it gave us all a glimmers of hope that someone else will be running the team and ultimately to just be shut down. Um, so, will be the the Cowboys will be owned by the Jones family for probably long after both of us are dead. So, oh yeah, um, just, I I first I don't foresee Stephen Jones selling the team. Yeah, um, hopefully the Cowboys will end up winning a Super Bowl by the time um, we are the we are Jerry Jones's age. But yeah, at this point, anything can happen. Yeah, this is true. But hopefully, in the next few weeks, more information comes out. Uh, Dallas usually is pretty active in post draft free agency. I assume they'll pick up some guys. They also did really well in the undrafted free agents, picking up a lot of those guys. But um, it, that that's all we got right now until bigger things happen. Um, yeah, just what? a just a quick shout out before we get off. Shout out to the Dallas Mavericks for the Western being in the Western oh, Conference yeah. Finals, a feat that the Cowboys have not made to <laughs> since the nineteen ninety five. The Mavs have a chance since the Cowboys have been in any sort of championship game. The Mavericks have played in two finals, one one and three. Western Conference Finals. So if you need a team that won't let you down, go to Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. Even the uh, the Dallas hockey team. I'm, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're I'm sure they're pretty good. Yeah, they they unfortunately did not end up winning uh, their series, but their goalie made a lot of great saves. Um, if, you, if you want to be if you want to be entertained by some hockey highlights, I'd consider um, checking out that that highlight those highlights. Um, they were they were quite. Quite impressive, and that's coming from someone who really has doesn't have does not have much uh, knowledge in the sport of hockey. Yeah, I guess the one thing the Cowboys have going for them is they're not the Texas Rangers. This is true. This is true. But thank you, everyone, for for listening. If um, you'd like to um, listen to Ray's steaming hot takes. Please on Twitter follow at America's Team Capital P Capital C, and you're gonna get some steaming, like boiling, boiling Chef Ramsay hot takes from this guy. They're they're yeah. pretty pretty top tier. The takes the takes are um, <laughs> there's there's no no love when I when I tweet about the the Dallas Cowboys or apparently any any form of media. <laughs> Yeah, but, if, you, if you need if you need some slander of the team, that's where you need to go. It's all about America's team. Yeah, if you want that some happens. realism, yeah, yeah, on unbiased, yeah, yeah, and but check out the TikTok. Oh let yeah, me, TikTok, let me know how yeah. the TikTok is. 
I'll, um, I'll, right after this, I'll take a clip from it and I'll post it. I'll let you know all about it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. And we will be um, posting another one in the next week or so. Hopefully more news comes out then. But my name is Owen DeChico. I'm Ray Nickens. And this is All About America's Team brought to you by Delahanty Media. All right. Go Cowboys. Have a great weekend and summer, everybody. Have a great summer.